How awesome is our worship team? They are just 20 out of 10, I've got to say. Great job. Let's just give them an honour. So good. So, so good. So, good morning, church. How are we doing? Good, good, awesome. So good to be here. So I'm so glad that you're here this morning. So if you don't know me, my name is Claire and it is my honour and absolute privilege to share the word with you this morning. Before we jump in, let's just say hello. I, I did notice Jazzy has her family back there. So welcome Jazzy's family all the way from Queensland, I think. So that's awesome. And we also have some more special guests at the back. Hello. <laughs> so welcome to you too. We're so glad that you've joined with us. And Kimberly's sister is also a special guest as well. So hey, Paula, <laughs> she's also a guest. So yeah, we just want to welcome you to church this morning. Um, if it's your first time here, we say welcome. We're so glad that you've joined with us. Um, maybe you're joining us online. Hello to you guys as well. We don't know who's watching, but hey, if you are, if you're listening on the podcast, hello to you as well. We're so glad that you've clicked on this link and you're hearing my voice. Hey, it's Claire, if you didn't know. So good that you're listening. And even if you call this church home, welcome to you too. We're so glad that you are with us this morning. So I'm so excited. I can't even get my word down. I'm so excited to share the word with you this morning. Um, and I just really believe that this morning, God wants you to receive something from Him. So before we jump in this morning, let's just um, prepare ourselves. I want you to prepare your heart. Maybe let's just close our eyes and lift our hands towards God. And I'm just going to pray in faith this morning, that believing that Jesus wants to talk with you. So God, we just thank you for being a God who loves us, who wants a relationship with me, who wants a relationship with you. We thank you, God, for your word that's alive, that's living, that's breathing, that we can just be soaked into wisdom from what you have prepared in your scripture for us, Lord. So we just prepare ourselves today, God. We say distractions, you have no place here. We say um, anything else that's causing disruption in our hearts right now, you have no place here. We're here to listen to your voice, God. We're here to worship you. So we just thank you, God, for what you're going to do this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So if you're taking notes this morning, the title of my message is Planted to Prosper. Planted to Prosper. Let's say that. Planted to Prosper. Wow, you just declared something over your life just then. You didn't even know it. I knew it. I knew that. You're saying, I want to be planted so I can prosper. God, prepare me in the planting so I can prepare to be prospered. So if you're taking notes this morning, all the notes are found on the One Heart Church app. So you can flick that open. You'll find all of our scriptures, all of our notes on that. Feel free to take notes. It's an awesome resource that we have at church. If not, you can write it on your notepad. Write planted to prosper. So this is probably a scripture that you've heard a million times. Psalm 1, 3 to 4, it says, They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. We're going to break this scripture down this morning and see how we can apply three elements to our life. Number one, being planted. Number two, bearing fruit in every season. And thirdly, prospering in all things. So let's go to number one, being planted. It says they are trees planted along the riverbank. Well-watered trees endure. And I think the word endure is actually a very, very powerful word. It means to last. It means to live on, to go on, to continue, to persist, to remain, and to stay. And I'm sure in life, or I'm probably 
I'm not perfect. I'm just speaking from my own experiences. I have done a lot of the opposite of those things. I haven't remained. I haven't stayed. I haven't been consistent. I've just, I've done the complete opposite. I've walked away. I've given up all too quickly before my roots have a chance to grow down deep. But that isn't the way we are meant to live. Jeremiah 17 verse 8 says this, They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. It says, When you're planted along a riverbank, only then your roots can reach deep down and reach into the water, allowing the roots to then drink from the water in the river. Now, this is a direct reflection on us on our spiritually as well. When we're planted in the Word, when we have revelation of who God is, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, giving us power and authority, then outflows rivers of living water in our life. And I know how I want to quench my thirst is that way, drinking from the living water. I want to drink from the river of life, the living water. John 4 verse 14 says, but those who drink the water I give will never thirst again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried about long months of drought, but they have eternal life. The river never stops flowing. The river never runs dry. It never runs out. And it's kind of like a warning to us. It says, such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried about long months of drought. Sometimes I can be a bit bothered by the heat. Like when there's that 40 degree day, I'm like, I'm a bit hot and bothered. But these trees aren't. They're not worried about the water because they know the water is always there. They know where they're planted. That is where they get water from. The scripture is saying, is like warning, flashing lights in us, like caution, caution. It's saying there will be heat coming. There will be long months of drought on the way. But still in all of this, well-watered trees endure. We need to be well-watered, roots secured in the water source, the river of life. And maybe you're thinking today, Claire, but what is seriously the point? Like, does it even matter? Does it seriously matter that we have to be planted? Why does the river matter so much? This is a sharp truth for you today because if you aren't planted, you can't bear fruit and God wants you to bear fruit. Why wouldn't you want to be planted? Why wouldn't you want to be healthy and living? Why wouldn't you want to be drinking from the river and bearing fruit in every single season? Because I know that's what I want to be. There's a famous Chinese proverb that says, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. And some of us need to actually declare that over our life, saying, today is the day I'm going to make the choice to be planted. Some of us, I need to solidify some things in my spirit and in my heart today, declaring that from this day forward, I will be committed to growing in God. And the only way that we can actively and intentionally grow is to number one, be planted And the thing is, I don't want you to just hear this from me. I don't want you to just be taking notes for the sake of doing it or listening to my voice because I'm the one speaking right now. I want you to have a revelation of your own. I want you to hear from God and get a grasp on why it's so important to be planted. Get an understanding on why you need to be planted in the house of God. If you don't have revelation of your own, it's just, there's no point. There's no point in even listening to me this morning, because you'll, be, you'll walk out the door and you'll be like, oh, actually, I want to try this other church. Or you'll be easily swayed and all the easier it will be for you to move further and further away from the water source. 
And the thing is, the enemy actually wants to do that to you. He, he's trying to say, oh, just don't commit. Just, just try something different. It won't hurt, you know. But do you know what he's doing? He's spraying like a weed poison on your life. And what happens when the weeds die? They're very easy to uproot. That's why we have weed killer. That's what the enemy is putting on you. He's saying, it doesn't matter. Your, your life isn't worthy. Like, you don't have a call on your life. You're just a weed. Like, you have no purpose. No, God says, I planted you. God wants you to be planted. He wants to use you to bear fruit in every single season, not just so the enemy can pull us up at the blink of an eye. And the sad reality is that there will be people that try to convince you to move on. They'll try to convince you, just leave like, oh, you had a fight with, with Erica or don't use, problem, don't use common sense and resolve it. You know, just, just like fight or flight. I'd rather sit down and resolve than just leave. That, but people say, come on, Narelle, just try another church. Come on, Narelle, um, just try many other churches. They say it's okay to never commit to one. People float around. They're here, there, and everywhere. It's like a lucky dip. Oh, I'm going to One Heart Church this morning. Awesome. Oh, next week, I'm going to this church. That is not what God wants us to do. He wants us to remain. He wants us to remain. My question is, where are their roots when we're, con- when we're convinced or persuaded? Tell me that. Where are their roots? We don't have an answer because the answer is they're not planted. That is the thing. And I'm personally, I'm not very good at keeping plants alive. I'm not really a green thumb, but I, I like the look of plants. I like the look of flowers. They're quite pretty. But one thing that I know for sure is the only one thing I really know about plants is that it actually takes time for roots to grow. It takes time for roots to grow strong. It takes time for roots to go down deep. A tree doesn't get planted one day and by day three, it's not a huge, fully grown, mature tree. That's probably why you see those little clear boxes around little, I think they're called saplings or something. Little, so little baby trees get planted and they protect them. They protect them from the wind. They protect them from the wind, I guess, just wind. That's all, that's all the threat they have. So they put them, they put this box around them because it's something to protect them because they're just so young, right? And... It, the tree is still growing. Even when the, the, those gushing winds come, the tree is still growing. It's still being nurtured. It's still being protected because without protection, it gets damaged by the wind. It gets blown around. And if a big enough gust of wind comes, it gets completely blown out the ground and it dies. That's just the reality. That is the reality of it. And that's like us too. On our walk with God, we need to allow time for our roots to grow down deep, grow down deep. Beside the riverbank, we need to be faithful, committed, consistent, drinking the water, being healthy, being protected, growing and well-nourished. Because only when you're planted and well-watered, you will be able to bear fruit. So that brings me on to my second point this morning, bearing fruit in every season. It says, Jeremiah 17, 8, their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Bearing fruit in every season, wow, that's definitely easier said than done, isn't it? Let me just say that again. Bearing fruit in every season. That's saying not just the easy season, not just the oh, sunshine season or everything is great season, but in every single season. I think if you're highlighting this morning, highlight that one. Highlight that, bearing fruit in every single season. Because this is actually saying to us, there will be hard seasons. There will be seasons that are actually a little bit heavy. 
There will be seasons that are challenging. There will be seasons that are sad and painful. There will be seasons when it's easy to come and thank God and other seasons when it's just so much harder. There'll be seasons of trials and tribulation and other seasons that are just painless. But in that, regardless of the season, it says fruit will never stop being produced regardless of the season. When we're faithful, the fruit grows, but it doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. If you have your Bibles here today, we're going to open up to the book of Mark and chapter 2, and we're going to read um, when Jesus heals a paralyzed man. And although this scripture is absolutely just a miracle um, of Jesus healing and changing a life forever, I want to focus for just a few moments on the four friends They walk through many seasons in this little tiny short time, but still fruit is produced. So let's read this together. It says, When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors there that there was no more room even outside the door. While he was preaching the word of God to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole right through the roof above his head and lowered this man on a mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven or stand up, pick up your mat and walk. So I prove to you that the son of man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat and walked through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed, praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. These four friends didn't think, didn't find it very easy. It wasn't just a simple, a simple method. It wasn't just op Flip open the textbook, okay, one, two, three, easy steps. It wasn't just black or white or a step-by-step how-to for dummies healing a man. That, that actually reminds in the first service, it reminded me of that how-to book. I remember I always used to go to random shops and see like how-to for dummies, like how to use the iPad for dummies, how to send an email for dummies. Like it, that, it was just funny for me. But they didn't have that. They didn't have the how-to book to heal a man. They didn't have a how-to book on how to get this man to Jesus. Getting this man to Jesus was hard work. It wasn't just, oh, let me pick you up on Sunday. I'll bring you to church. Like maybe we're having a healing service and um, let's lay hands on you believing that you're healed. That's all good, but they didn't have a car. They couldn't just go and pick him up. They couldn't just call Jesus and say, hey, I'm in the hospital in room 103. Can you just come? Because I can't really get to you right now. I'm kind of in a bit of a, I can't get to you. Come to me. No, these men knew that it was going to be hard work to get this paralyzed guy to Jesus. It was challenging. It was uncommon. It was heavy. It was tiring. It was an effort and it was tough. But the thing is that these four friends knew that it wasn't going to be easy. They knew that it would actually require some effort. That one friend couldn't carry him by himself. They were a team. They knew they had each other. Each had a position. Each had a part to play. They had to each carry the weight. Even in the preparation, the seasons still come. They were probably pretty prepared. Maybe they did their arm workouts for two weeks before. I don't really know. But still, it says they were probably tired. They were probably thinking, oh, this guy is literally so heavy. 
my arm hurts, I'm in pain, I'm kind of struggling to hold the weight. But the thing is, they still saw the fruit. When they got this man to Jesus, they saw that it was worth every single step of the season. The fruit of their labor was seeing one man set free, healed and saved. What an awesome, and, uh, awesome testament of the goodness of God. God is still working and faithful, even when our seasons are hard. How many times have we given up because of the season? Because it's too heavy, it's too painful, because it's too much work. I don't have enough time. I'm just so busy. Like, I just don't really have time to, you know, carry something else. The answer is probably all too often. That's, that's me speaking vulnerably. It's all too often for me. But I need to remember that well-watered trees endure every single season and bear fruit. When you actually pick up the mats, it's an act of faith. Declaring, it's a declaration of your life saying, despite the season that I'm going through, despite what I'm walking in, I know when I'm planted, I will bear the fruit. And the awesome thing about trees and fruit is that we actually don't bear fruit for our own benefit. It's like an orange tree doesn't just think, oh, I could really go for an orange right now. Let me just pluck one and eat it. Oh, that's delicious. That, there's no purpose in that. Like a, a McDonald's tree doesn't just produce McDonald's for itself. It produces it for somebody else. A pear tree doesn't just produce a pear because it really want, likes to taste of pears. It goes so someone else can pick that fruit, eat it, and say, wow, that really hit the spot. Wow, that really satisfied what I needed there. Our fruit is not for our own benefit. Our fruit is not for our own benefit. When we produce fruit, it's for others. And in this case, the fruit of the season meant one man's life was changed forever, completely healed and saved. In every season, fruit is still produced for others. In Galatians 5, verse 22 to 23, it says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For there is no law against these things. It's for the benefit of others. That is why we produce fruit. And I want the fruit that's produced in my life to lead and point to Jesus, to point others to Jesus, because I know personally that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus satisfies, and Jesus changes lives. The fruit we produce reflects the nature of Jesus. And here's all those good things. He loves, he has joy, peace, patience, kindness, all those things, that is Jesus. And one super encouraging thing about this is that we actually aren't Jesus. We're actually not Jesus. We can't do anything on our own. We can't just think, oh, yep, you're saved, awesome, move on. We're not Jesus. We need others to carry the mat with us. We need other believers whose roots are also deep, whose roots also drink from the water, who also produce fruit in every season. We have to do it with others who can, because some can love, some can disciple, some can nurture, some can teach. My question for you is, are you ready to pick up your corner of the mat? Because the mat was never meant for one person to bear alone. It was made to share the load. The mat was made so others can carry it alongside of you. And the truth is that these men actually had two options that very day. They could have thought, oh, like we've kind of gone this far. I don't really know how far they travel, but they, they would have picked up the mat. They would have gone to the house and been like, uh-oh, like how are we going to get in? Like what's the plan? We didn't really think it through. Like it was meant to be a straight line, straight to Jesus, like put him down in front and then he gets healed. Okay, and I could just imagine them kind of saying, all right, I'll say to him, 
my back hurts and you said him your arm hurts and we can't go any further and then one of the others can say I'm sorry we've done all we can like that's the end sorry mate you're just gonna have to live your life paralyzed like that's all that's all you got you're gonna be like this forever but they didn't say that these men chose to keep going they went the extra mile they knew they'd come this far why not see it through they followed through they were faithful they were committed they didn't let the season dictate their future they had each other to bear the weight they worked together as a team as a group and as a community they persevered they kept going and they got to firsthand see a miracle of Jesus take place in the book of Exodus we learn about Moses leading the Israelites out of Egypt and there's many great examples of perseverance and community throughout this scripture so Moses was leading the Israelites from place to place and they arrived in Rephidim the Israelites became thirsty and they were quite frustrated and they began to argue with Moses God speaks to Moses and tells him to strike a rock and water will come gushing out and everyone can quench their thirst now that's a really awesome miracle there it says while they were still in Rephidim the warriors of Amalek attacked them Moses told Joshua to choose men and go fight against the army so Moses said Moses said he will go and stand on top of the hill holding the staff of God in his hand it says in Exodus 17 10 to 12 so Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army meanwhile Moses Aaron and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill as long as Moses's hand um oh, as long as Moses held the staff in his hand held the stuff up in his hand the Israelites had the advantage but whenever he dropped his hand the um, Amalekites gained the advantage Moses's arm soon became very tired so he could no longer hold them up so Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on and they stood on each side of Moses holding up his hands so his hand stayed steady until the sunset like these four men had each other Moses had Aaron and Hur he couldn't do it alone he needed help from others when he lost strength Aaron and her were there for him and the thing is we actually need people in our life like that too we need to be plugged into life groups because friends are in life groups we need to be on the same team as others so maybe today you can say hey Norel I'm actually want to be on your team hey Kimberly I want to bear the weight with you I want to share the load with you because others actually want to do life with you that's if you don't know that today others actually want to see your life um, be successful in every single season so let some people in let them do life with you let them walk with you because that is what community is community we need community for ourselves and we need to be in community for others it says in Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 two people are better than one for for they can help each other succeed Moses Aaron and her succeeded the four friends succeeded Ecclesiastes 4:12 says three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken community is important and unity is important so I encourage you today to find people who want to do life with you who want to journey with you who want you to succeed and I might invite Kimberly up to play some keys in the background so my third and final point today is prosper it says they prosper in all they do it says when they're planted when they drink from the river in every single season they produce fruit their leaves never wither and they prosper and you might be thinking what does the word prosper actually mean it means to successfully achieve they prosper in all they do and I I'm speaking for myself but I want to live a life that is 
that is prosperous in every single area, in my relationships, in opportunities. Daily, I want to prosper despite the circumstance. And a great example of prosperity in Scripture is found in Genesis, where Joseph lives his life with God. Even in the good, even in the bad, even in the challenging, God still caused Joseph to succeed in everything and in every area of his life. So this scripture is found in Genesis 39. I'm going to read it to us. It says, When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was a captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did. As he served in the home of his Egyptian master, Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was... The Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man and Potiphar's wife soon became, began to look at him very lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded, but Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you. Because you were his wife, how could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. She kept pressuring Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her. And he kept out of her way as much as possible. One day, no, when no one else was around, he went to do his work. And he came, she came up by and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran from the house. When she saw that he was holding his cloak and he had fled, she called out to her servants. Soon all the men came running. Look, he said, my husband has bought this Hebrew slave here to make fools of us. He came into my room to rape me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream, he ran outside and got away, but he left his cloak behind with me. She kept the cloak until her husband came home. And she told him her story. That Hebrew slave of yours that you've brought into our house came in and tried to fool around with me, she said. But when I screamed, he ran outside leaving his cloak with me. Potiphar was furious. So he, when he heard of his wife's story and how Joseph had treated her, he took Joseph and threw him into prison where the king's prisoners were held. And he remained there. But the Lord was with Joseph in prison and showed him his faithful love. The Lord made Joseph a a favorite with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused, caused everything he did to succeed. Joseph is a great example of someone who didn't let his circumstances get in the way of his life. Joseph knew who he was. Joseph knew who God was in his life. God was with Joseph through it all. It didn't shake him. It didn't rattle him. He didn't feel sorry for himself and just think, oh, pity on me, like my life sucks. He didn't blame God in all this. God was on his side. And to think Joseph was firstly kidnapped by his own brothers, then sold to be a slave, then accused of sleeping with someone's wife, and then put in prison. 
but not once did he complain or blame God. Through it all, he knew that God was still with him, causing success and prosperity. He prospered. He didn't let his current situation change his view, change his outlook on life. He was faithful. Only God can cause prosperity. And the wonderful thing is that we actually can't earn prosperity. We can't try to convince God to allow prosperity in our life. We begin the prosperous life by firstly being planted and bearing fruit. And I wanna live a life like Joseph, having complete trust in God, prospering in all areas despite, of my, despite my circumstance. Prospering in every way, that's kind of a big thing. That means in every single area. You prosper in your workplace. You prosper as a friend, as a parent, as a child. But firstly, you have to be planted in all those areas too. If you want to prosper, you have to be planted. That means when it gets hard, you don't quit. You don't give up. You endure. You stand strong and persevere. Joseph didn't have anyone but God to walk with him. Joseph was a grower. He didn't complain. He didn't give up. He could have complained. He had every right to but he didn't let his circumstances define him. Joseph knew who God was. He wasn't alone, he wasn't abandoned. He knew God was with him. And sometimes for us, we actually need to change our language. Instead of complaining, we need to start praising God. Instead of worrying, we need to start praying. Instead of speaking and complaining and being all sad about our situations, we have to start speaking Jesus over them, knowing that seasons will come, but God is with us through it all. And maybe you feel like a bit alone today or you think, oh, I don't actually clear. I don't actually know if God is, God is with me. I don't know, why am I even here? I'm gonna tell you something. You're in the right place this morning. You're in the house of God and we're so excited that you're here because we wanna see your process of planting, producing fruit and then prosperity just overflow in your life. So let's just stand together this morning. We just, we might just pray before we close the service. And we just really wanna have this opportunity to just pray into something more this morning, saying, God, I actually wanna be planted in your word. I wanna be planted in your house, God. I wanna produce fruit. I wanna live a life of prosperity. So let's just get into a position where God can just speak to us. I encourage you to close your eyes and raise your hands. And I'm just gonna pray over us in faith this morning, believing that God wants to continue growing something in your life. So God, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you for being a God who loves us, a God who wants us planted, a God who wants to produce fruit in every season of our life and a God who commissions prosperity over us. God, we just thank you for what you've done, what you've done in this time of sharing your word together this morning, what you've done in this time of praising you and worshiping you this morning. God, we just pray today, God, that we can take a declaration, we can take a step of faith and say, Lord, we wanna be planted in your word. We wanna be planted in your house, God. And and out of that flows prosperity as well, God. So we just say, um, use us today, God, Um, use us and grow us and allow our hearts to be steady in you today from this day forward. And we say, amen together, amen. And maybe you can take your seats for just one more moment. We just never wanna miss an opportunity for someone to give their life to God or even recommit their life to God. So this morning, we just wanna um, offer this time for you to say a prayer with us together. And we just wanna privately, let's just close our eyes. And if you feel like um, this morning, something's just stirred in your heart, maybe you feel like, wow, I've never experienced this kind of love from God. I've never thought of it this way before. I wanna give my life to God. Or maybe you've maybe strayed away from God for a season and you're ready to come back. I I just want you to raise your hand this morning and um, with every eye closed and 
and head bowed. I'm just going to see... Um, Wow, I see a hand. That is awesome. That is great. So we're just going to partner with um, this person this morning. Even if you didn't put your hand up, that's okay. Still an um, act of faith speaking this out. So we're going to pray this prayer together. Three, two, one. Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross and rose again to forgive my sins. I ask that you forgive me. I give you my life and invite you to be my Lord and Saviour. Today, I am born again. I trust my future into your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, let's just give God a round of applause and honouring Him this morning.